Welcome to Cage Off, a podcast where we decide the cagiest of all Nick Cage movies. Today we are discussing Lord of War. Will it knock off our current champ, Vampire's Kiss, to take the top spot and become Cage of the Hill? Two cages enter, but only one cage can win the cage off. I'm joined today by Rakan. Hello. And an extra guest host today is my wife and lover of all things Lord of War, Kim. Sup, sup. Okay, Rakan. Yes. Tell us a little bit about the film Warlord. I mean, sorry, Lord of <laughs> no, War. No, no, it's Warlord, but I prefer it as Lord of War. <laughs> um, Lord of War is a fantastic film about a uh, warlord who goes around uh, selling uh, weapons around the world. I mean, he's not a warlord in the typical definition of the term. No, I guess he's a merchant of arms. Arms dealer, yes, he will. He's an arms dealer. A merchant a, of arms. A dealer, a of, dealer arms, of arms, yes. he will. And uh, and uh, it's, it's told in a uh, like autobiographical way where he breaks the fourth wall, talks to the audience and tells us, you know, what he's been doing, what are his fears, what are her dreams, his dreams with um, the, the love of his life, and, you know, what he's good at, which is uh, selling weapons. And um, the role is played by our Lord and Savior, uh, Nicolas Cage. And uh, he does a, a wonderful job uh, in this movie, I think. And uh, it's it was one of these movies I watched uh, way back when it was released and really enjoyed uh, the film uh, back in those days. And I still do. I think it still holds up pretty well. And I remember one of the things that stood out was the intro introduction sequence with the bullet. Um, a lot of you see a lot of cuts of that on YouTube or people talking about it. Where yeah, it, they talked about that on the corridor crew. Right. Yeah, where he goes from manufacturing the plate straight until it gets fired into a child's uh, head. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Great and, intro. Excellent intro. Oh, excellent. <laughs> it really is. It leaves <laughs> an impression. It's very, very on the nose. Mm -hmm. As is the rest of the film. <laughs> yeah, if it's not a subtle film. No, yeah, it's, it's very much uh, there. And, and I like it, like the intro kind of gets you prepared for the film. And, and it's a dark com comedic film, I would say, as well. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. yeah. And then uh, also he's uh, joined by his wonderful uh, brother, played by uh, Jared Leto. Uh, but I would say uh, young, hot Jared Leto, not uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely, not crazy cultist uh, leader, uh, psycho actor Jared Leto. Yeah, this was back when I actually liked him as an actor. Yeah, I, th I thought he was fantastic back in those days. <laughs> uh, it was kind of fu like fun to reminisce and say, "Oh, I missed him." It's nice seeing. <laughs> yeah, I miss this guy. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> he should do more films. <laughs> he, should, he should be in more movies, and maybe uh, play it up a little bit more. 
but not too much. Uh, so, Kim, uh-huh. you made me watch the. I mean, not made me, but uh, introduced me Prompted to this you. film. Oh, yeah. God, 10 ish years ago, maybe a little bit less, like eight years ago. It was one of the first films you wanted me to watch when I, I came to Sweden. Oh. Um, not, not because you come to Sweden, but. <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> it's like, hey, but I- what, what is your history with the film? Is what I'm asking. Uh, I don't have a history with the film. I I also really liked it when I first saw it, just like you reckon when it first came out. Uh, big impression from the intro scene, and um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I just it's probably one of my favorites. I've rewatched it a few times over the years, mm-hmm. and and since you were doing this podcast, it, it got me thinking more about it, and definitely enjoyed seeing it again. Um, it's, I don't know, this is the point at which I'm going to tie this into the whole cage gauge thing. (laughs) Uh, it's not the type of film where you go out of it thinking, oh my god, Nicolas Cage was really off the wall here, um, you know. But that's not because he doesn't act out in the film. Rather, it's because when he does mm-hmm. it fits really well it, it makes perfect sense for yes uh, that character in that situation and also the situation itself doesn't feel um, too unrealistic as opposed to some other cage films we've seen where he gets <laughs> really uh, upset for for good reason this feels realistic throughout so when he does um act out, mm-hmm. upset, whatever, okay. uh, it, it doesn't really stand out. So I really think that it's kind of his perfect role Yeah. Uh, in that sense. And also that it's very, it's controlled in these little short bursts so that, right. um, you know, it, it doesn't maybe feel like he's chewing the walls as much because it doesn't go on for a very long time but I think that just speaks to his skill with timing as an actor as well so mm-hmm. I have a, a couple of scenes I want to go over yeah um, yeah there are some good scenes I I, I, I was thinking about the cage off and a cage mm. meter while, while we we're watching this movie I was like oh he's very very held back here but then you see those couple of scenes I'm like yes that's the cage that we're all <laughs> Yeah, for. and just like just the right dose. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's a very serious movie, or a, well, I don't know. Like it kind of has like a serious it's, tone. Okay, okay. This is something I wanted to talk about before we get on to Nicolas Cage, right? Mm-hmm. And we'll discuss the film. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to talk about the director. Okay. Who is a New Zealander? So I have a little bit of a. Oh, so you know him? Uh, a the, uh, countryman. Everybody knows there's each four, other. There's exactly four people who live in New Zealand, and uh, one of them is Andrew Nichol, and I'm his good friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is the guy who did uh, Gattaca. Yeah. Um, and some, uh, what was it? Uh, in Time, the film that I always want to be called Justin Time. Yes, Justin Time. Because it stars Justin, Justin Timberlake. Timberlake. <laughs> but it's not. It's called In Time. Um, and then he did this other film 
which I can't remember the name of, that we watched about people who have everything recorded that, uh, they, uh, that they see. The Truman Show. Uh, and it stars, yeah. um, what's his face? Uh, Children of Men guy, I can't remember his name. But um, anyway, all of his films that I've seen apart from this one, and I don't know if I've seen them all, mm-hmm. um, are... they're like fables almost like Mm. there's really there's a core idea and it just pushes that idea real hard and um this film it i feel like he hasn't got there yet he hasn't realized that he doesn't need to have a framing story of of realism around the idea he's trying to push he can just just take this one idea and just really heavily lean on it like in time is probably the best example where it's Mm -hmm. everything is based around this idea that people are using their their life as currency and the whole film completely falls apart as soon as you put any thought into how any of this would actually work Mm -hmm. if this technology exists um but lord of war it's trying to be realistic on some degree but he can't get away from the fact that he's Andrew Nicol and he just has to make everything uh, like a metaphor, like everything is a is a parable, and mm-hmm. and and it's all so explicit. Like it's all there's no uh, there's no subtext in the film. Yeah, but I could see like young me really like this. You know, like here's everything spoon fed to you. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, even if you like such a film, I feel like it still works. It is, as I said, it's straightforward, on the nose. The music choice is incredibly on the nose. Mm-hmm. It's narrated the whole way through. And, yeah. and many of those things are things you might criticize a film for, but I feel like it works. Yeah, yeah I mean, and I, I, I kind of agree. And I really like his other films. Mm-hmm. But you have to go in not expecting it to be... Um, like not expecting straight. there to be layers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's straight. It's what what you see is what you get. It's there's a message and and that message is very much written in big font all over the film. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So guns are great, and you can make lots of money from selling them. That's what <laughs> I got. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very straightforward. Exactly. Yeah. And arm stealers are fine because you see they don't they're not actually the ones doing the killing. No, they're not. They're, they're, yeah, exactly. And it's important to sell to both sides, uh, and, and not to take sides. Not to take sides, but but also sell all both sides. sides. Yeah, all take sides. All sides. All sides matter. Yeah. Right. Um, other other characters that were in this film um, that I'd forgotten about uh, was Bilbo. Yes. <laughs> uh, what did you think of him, Rakan? I mean, his, his the acting or, or the character? Yeah, or... just his character. Oh, yeah. Just... Uh, I, I really liked having that, you know, kind of like the mentor type person or the person he's looking up to to work with ends up, you know, falling. Being the antagonist. Yeah. And and then just, you know, and it, also the scene where um, the gift, where the the president is like, yeah, I brought you a gift. Let's Let's kill him together. It'll be a bonding experience mm-hmm. Eamon Walker is is great he's, mm-hmm. yeah, he's, as he's, well yeah. it's fantastic uh, but yeah but, 
but um yeah it was really kind of interesting and, and, and fun to have that character uh, show up every once in a while and uh yeah i i, I liked it i mean it, it kind of gives him also the haunting bits later on yes yeah yeah where it's kind of mm-hmm. i always forget that like ian holm has played a lot of bad guys i mean he's not a good guy in this film he's not like super evil mm-hmm. but he's very much he's just as amoral as uh, nicholas cage um and I, th- I think his performance as bilbo just really stuck with me mm-hmm. that's kind of like how i always see him and so when you see him in like alien and shit and you're like hey he's he's actually a bad guy it's kind of a bit weird but he was doing that before he was being the friendly hobbit dude yeah that's funny because the bit that stuck out to me from his role as bilbo is that one scene where they cg his face and he clutches out the wing going (laughs) (laughs) yeah but the point of that was to show how corrupting it was because even bilbo could get corrupted and he's such a nice man He's he's not all that nice, even as Bilbo. Yeah, I guess he's kind of bad guy in all the movies. He's corrupted, and you have to uh, take the ring out of his hand by force. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Ethan Hawke. Yes. Was was he was fine? He, he was, was kind good. of like when we did Conair, we were talking about um, Kuzak. John Cusack. John Cusack, yeah. And to me, he felt like a similar character. Like he's a, hmm. he 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 just does the work. The you know the like the yeah. actor does what he needs to do. He's fine in it, um, but uh, I think for the script he was given, he put quite a bit of uh, emotion in there. Yeah, hmm. but but he had to play you know that goody two shoe cop who doesn't get you know overrun by yeah. emotions. So he had to, you know, keep himself in check the entire time, which is what his character was. Like, if, mm. if, if your character was somebody who's going to be monotonous and not dramatic, then you would have to play it that way. And you can't be like, oh, what? A-. His performance was so stale because he wasn't shy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And but it's just that he was up against some of these other, like, much more extreme mm-hmm. characters in the film. So comparatively, he's a bit, he's a bit subdued. But mm. I, I think I still think he does an excellent job. And I, there's, you know, there's depth to that character as well, as much as there's depth to anything in this film. But mm-hmm. um, he was great. <laughs> uh, and then, um, and then Jared Leto, yeah, who was excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't yeah. really have much else to say the, other than. Uh, Perfect, much like Nicolas Cage, I feel perfect for this role. <clears throat> for what he was meant to do in this film, he nails it. Yeah, and I really wish that he would. Uh, we'd get that guy back. Get, get, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, get that Jared Leto back. We, we we miss the old Jared Leto. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wrecking for a Dream. I remember when he was first. Yeah, Wrecking for a Dream was kind of my first experience with him. Yeah. I didn't know about the band or anything. Yeah, thirty seconds to Mars, that, so. mm. or or the uh, cult that he has. I, I, so. I wonder <laughs> when he actually started it. 
Quote, unquote, alleged, alleged cult, alleged, alleged cult. It's more like a getaway camp. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was just scrolling through the cast list on IMBD here and IMBD. 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 Yeah. <laughs> uh, Donald Sutherland was in this film. As? The voice of a colonel. Oh, oh, wow. On the phone at some point. Imagine I imagine getting that casting call. Mm. Oh, we want you to be in this new Nicolas Cage led film. He's like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, you need to say like three lines on a phone. Also, we have, of course. Wait, is it? Oh, no, I don't think he's on the phone. I think he's at the general because you never see his face. Oh, perhaps. Oh. Yeah, he's the wow. colonel, the colonel guy. Colonel the, what, the guy who answers the, the phone and is like, this is a bad time. Yeah, but he's also later at the end where he... Uh... Isn't he the guy who, who bails him out? Who gets him out, yeah. I th- yeah, I guess that's him. Yeah. Okay, so he's in it. I remember him sounding a lot like Kiefer Sutherland. but Well, there's a reason for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's actually Donald Sutherland. Okay, yeah. I was like, it sounds like and an older, have, uh, older Kiefer Bridget... Sutherland. Sorry. Go ahead. We also have uh, Bridget Moynahan. Um, Moynahan? Bridget Moynahan as Ava Fontaine. I don't know her from anything else, but I think she definitely, um, you know, she wasn't, didn't give a standout performance either mm. uh, compared to some of the other actors, but she was exactly what she needed to be mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, but uh, yeah, like the ones. Yeah, I don't have much l- more to say no. than I thought she decided to mention. To say about her, um, other than yeah, she was fine. Yeah, but uh, Eamon Walker uh, as Andrew. Baptiste. She is one of the main characters, but unfortunately, as many main female characters are, they're mainly there to be a plot device for the main yeah. male character. Mm-hmm. Even so, good mm. at what she did. Yeah, but for me, like the one of the stand-up performances was like the uh, the president Andrew Baptiste Senior and his son as well was kind of fun. Was it uh, Andrew Baptiste Junior? How they were the, the, the dynamic <laughs> there. <laughs> he wants the gun of Rambo. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He wants the gun of Rambo. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there were my well, like standout favorite characters uh, in in the movie. Yeah. I, okay. So should we move on? Because we can talk about that mm-hmm. and yeah. about what Kim wants to say <laughs> um, after we hear some choice moments of Nicolas Cage from The Lord of War. Cage in 60 seconds! In my experience, some of the most successful relationships are based on lies and deceit. Since that's where they usually end up anyway, it's a logical place to start. Right there, right there. Hold it. Why'd you do that? What did you say? Well, now you're gonna have to buy it. It's a used gun. How can I sell a used gun? A used gun. A used gun. That's a good one. I never sold to Osama bin Laden. Not on any moral grounds. Back then, he was always bouncing checks. Peace talks. 
All right, forget it. I'll reroute the shipment to the Balkans. When they say they're going to have a war, they keep their word. Ha ha ha! Oh, Nick. Anyway, <laughs> what did you guys think of uh, Nicolas Cage's performance slash voiceover? Right. In this film, Rakan? Uh, yeah, I really liked it whenever he was doing the voiceover, uh, like talking directly to the audience. Uh, I think that was quite nice. Um, and when I first watched this movie at the first time, I thought he was really good in acting, uh, like as his role. But now because of the podcast, I was like aware, like, oh, you know, does this have all the flavors of Cage <laughs> <laughs> that we have come to expect? Because right now it's very subtle and uh, and it's good Cage. Yeah. But is it full bodied? That's the question. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. It's, it's good, but I think it's it's lacking that mouth feel. Yeah, it's not totally to... rounded. It needs to be more <laughs> rounded in the in the in the roof of your mouth feel. <laughs> I'm getting very bassy, very bassy tones of Cage, but not enough, not full bodied. <laughs> did um, did the voice was the voiceover like? Because the voiceover for me, it sometimes was actually a bit much, and it's not his fault. It's just it mm. just felt like. There's a lot of talking and a lot of explaining what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was mostly okay, but I just, just every now and then I would just be like, do you, do you need to keep talking right now? Like, can we? Oh, okay. We disagree. I liked it a lot. <laughs> um. I feel like that bit has maybe aged a bit because mm-hmm. he's, he's being very clever sometimes in the things he says and commentary yeah. he has about what is about to happen or what's happening oh. and that is maybe not as clever as it was yeah um 15 years ago mm-hmm. but it's still um it gives us his his mindset his frame of mind in the in the tone in the constant ennui that he uh that he expresses through that. Yeah. It's a little bit of a contrast um, from his performance because his performance is usually a little more tense, even if it's contained and, and not over the top. He, he's a little bit tense usually throughout the film, but the voice is just, he's just tired. I'm like, yeah, whatever. <sighs> this world, man. And then he grabs a French cigarette and, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I could see that, like, kind of not aging as well. But I don't know. Uh, I think I, 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 I you re- liked it. Yeah, I, I still like it. Uh, I, so, mm-hmm. one of the things I'd heard he was famous for was that he always puts on an accent with every film he does. Hmm. I don't think he does in this one. No, I don't think it does. really does. Just sound like Nicholas, like Cage. genuine Nick Cage talking. Yeah, it sounds like genuine Nick Cage. It's not Vampire's Kiss suddenly going weirdly posh mm-hmm. in the middle of a sentence, um, or Conier famously. Um, it does just sound like Nicholas Cage, which is weird because this is the one where he should be having an accent because he's playing a Russian. Yes, oh. and. <laughs> The last time, but before, um, so not the last time, but the last time before that, that I saw this film, 
uh, happen to be with a Russian gentleman, and I have it on good authority that the Russian in this film is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Not that, you know, anyone, uh, I think, expected anything else. I don't think Nicolas Cage is... is, um, Among his many talents, I don't think uh, linguistic genius... Which is funny, because his character is amazingly good at languages. Mm. Uh, Nicolas Cage, on the other hand, is not so... Mm-hmm. Well, accents does, is not so great. <laughs> but for an, act, for an actor who's kind of... Part of his charm is his voice. Because he does have quite a distinctive voice. Yeah. Uh, it's hard. He, he can't disappear into an accent. That's not something that's really gonna gonna happen. No, he's always Nick Cage playing. He's like, character. yeah, he's like Melkovich. Melkovich always sounds like, yeah. Malkovich. Um, even when he's trying to be a German or something like that, he always just sounds like Melkovich because that's what you get when you when you get Melkovich in a mm-hmm. in a film. Nicholas Cage isn't quite like that. When you get Nicholas Cage, you might get a weird accent, but it yeah. will still be filtered through Nicholas Cage. Or like a bizarre accent that makes no sense <laughs> for, yeah. a, for anyone who's human to speak like. <laughs> yeah. But Nick Cage will do it anyway. But, I, but I, I, yeah, his, he, he's, he sounds like himself. Mm-hmm. And for the vast majority of the movie, he just talks like a normal person. At least in the voiceover. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in that respect, I don't think his performance was... Um, uh, particularly cagey mm-hmm. uh, wasn't wasn't particularly kabuki yeah yeah but um, I don't know Kim you do you disagree I disagree uh, I think as I said I think this is his perfect role and mm. I feel like even though it's it's very controlled, I feel like all the flavors of Gage are there. So we have we have uh, angry and shocked outbursts. Uh, we have intense frustration, like finger tapping frustration, mm-hmm. um, and and we have this. Um, well, that scene that you were talking about, I'm going to let you talk about that. Uh, just a little bit of insanity. Mm-hmm. And well, you can bring and, that in now if you want. And we have the the ennui, as I was saying, which I think is a, is an underrated but but important part of Cage. The just the hopeless, uh, depressed, giving up on life feeling. The the leaving Las Vegas. The leaving Las Vegas. Uh, he he's not quite there, but that is very clear for me in the end scene when he's talking to Ethan Hawke and and I think it's it's really beautiful where where he describes how he's lost everything and still because of the absurdity of the situation he's in he's smiling he's got these incredibly sad eyes and this tired despondent um, body language but there's a smile on his face and that to me is <laughs> okay. Really, Cage. In fact, mm-hmm. okay. Um, yeah. Do we want to talk about the 
Well, the, I guess the craziest. Well, scene? before we get or there, you, you I, I want to get to another scene. Um, I want to ask you guys, uh, what do you think of his performance or his character? What he was thinking when um, the president has a gun and he shoots one of his soldiers for like you know chatting up with the girls. Oh, yeah, and he does that quick. Um, like, oh my god, what are you doing? Save. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? What it's I a do? secondhand gun. Yeah. You can't sell a secondhand gun. Yeah. It's beautiful. That is actually one of the other scenes I wanted to, to bring up as well, because that is, is maybe one of his most shocked moments. When Just when the shot has happened, it's not just a an outcry. He looks ruined. <laughs> He's completely fallen apart for a split second before he pulls himself together. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I, it's really good. I interpreted that as the, the president knew what it what had happened like mm-hmm. he didn't fool him for a second no mm. but he was so quick at recovering and making up that bullshit reason for why he oh yeah, yeah, yeah. shouldn't he was like okay i like this guy like yeah he's obviously way out of his league <laughs> but he thinks fast on his feet and has he had a bit of a soft spot for him that's how i saw that i don't know if i was meant to but i think so because he had this whole attitude of like kind of smug like when he was laughing at him for the whole like oh second hand gun oh this can you always can you this is great listen to this guy Look, yeah. yeah oh he's so funny I, I like him i'll keep him around yeah exactly mm-hmm. um so but yeah i i liked that as well i thought that was the mm-hmm. the cage cage performance there was was good yeah because i feel like his character entire time he's just like lying to everyone and like telling them what they want to hear the entire time he's never himself except for that one second i was like what are you doing yeah (laughs) he was so shocked where he was actually genuinely he's presented with the reality of what he's actually doing Mm -hmm. and he just stuffs it down as quickly as he can (laughs) he's like nope don't think about this yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And what about all the other scenes? Because there's like three or maybe four scenes where he has to quickly come up with a way of getting out of some deep shit. Mm. Um, and for me, they were like the really fun parts of the film. Oh, like the like the Definitely. boat one, where... like the boat, the plane, yeah, the helicopter. Oh, they have the helicopter, and he's getting all the different weapons. Or yeah, I'll, I'll just I'll elaborate a little bit where um, he had to dismantle the helicopter and make it as two separate shipments. Where it's a rescue. Yeah, well, they had to get all the weapons off it because right. it couldn't be a armed helicopter. Yeah, it's it's now a rescue helicopter, and then the weapons yeah. are something else, which is perfectly legal. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So his little get out of the trouble quick uh moments i think and the plane the plane one was especially cool i think that Mm. was also the best um uh like conceptually was the coolest sort of shot of the plane getting stripped yo yeah i like that shot sequence where they strip down the plane it's really cool but well he just sat there on a chair i mean that was that makes no sense it's dumb Mm. Um, when you think about it from a trying to think about it from a realistic point of view but 
Him just sitting there on a chair. Him just sitting. Well, I mean, yeah, him just literally just sitting on a chair. Maybe he got off hours. and walked off because I realized I was, I was paying attention to the scene. You don't actually see him. The entire time they like, they go past him with the camera, and then they pull back later. He's sitting down. So maybe he went. He peed and came back. You know, <laughs> <laughs> walked around a little bit. But he's in the same chair. Yeah. But it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the concept is really cool. Yeah. Of of that sort of time lapse yeah. that they did there, yeah. and and he kept his cool the entire time, where the the pilots and the co-pilot are like, let's get away from the evidence, and he's like, guys, there's, there's not going to be any. There evidence. won't be any evidence. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's just you know. Kept... Those are definitely the fun scenes. Um, they don't maybe have as much um, notable performance-wise as the one where where the Liberian president shoots the guy, um, but yeah, definitely the fun, fun ones. Mm-hmm. There was one um, other scene I wanted to point out as um, when he's um, at home and his brother asks him for money and he gives him some money and then he asks him why. Yeah, why? yeah, why, 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 why that. There's an almost comedic timing to it, and that repetition, um, with that like held back frustration, uh, it sort of reminded me because we've been watching all of these together of that scene in *The Vampire's Kiss*, where it goes A, B, C, D, E. Oh yeah, with that rhythmic. Yes, I mean it's not nearly as over the top, and again. You understand his frustration. You understand this situation. If you have a brother who's been in and out of rehab for the past several years and there's nothing you can do about it and you just feel hopeless in that situation, mm. you understand where that frustration comes from. But even so, I feel like that's another aspect of Cage acting that's brought into that scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... Again, I think that the timing's really good there and, and throughout. So probably the the craziest he is in the film yeah. is when one of the other soldiers buys him some brown brown, which is gunpowder and cocaine, uh-huh. which he initially refuses, but is then told that he should take it because it's his gunpowder. Yep. <laughs> <coughs> um, and then he gets real fucked up and wanders around and uh, <coughs> does some stuff. Mm-hmm. So did you have anything to add, Kim, while I cough <laughs> myself you... to death? Uh, not to that scene, no. I mean, we all love the moment when he's got a gun pointed at him, the guys try to shoot him, and it jams, and he goes, oh, yes. I'm sorry, it's not meant to do that. It does usually happen. Yeah, they normally don't do that. Yeah. Can I have a look at it? <laughs> And that's like, that's a joke. That's a traditional joke, isn't it? Like, that's what Swedes would tell about Norwegians, and I'm sure French would tell about Belgians. It's like a, a, a Swede and Norwegian and a Dane are in a situation where for some reason they're going to get guillotined, and then <laughs> the guillotine fails. stops, yeah. and the person gets out because they couldn't. And then the last person, the, the stupid nationality in the joke, is about to get guillotine and they go stop i see the problem and then, yeah <laughs> and they take out their it's, uh, it's like a classic or, joke or, <laughs> yeah and fix it up <laughs> but, 
but I, I think it was, it was pretty pretty fun seeing him like, like <laughs> and it's played KG as well being a bit fucked up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's also an, an aspect of Cage yes um, Ian Holm makes a brief return that's uh, right. As a yeah, as a ghost <laughs> or as a memory ghost. Yeah. yeah, this is mainly the main, maybe the the main point where we do see that it comes out very, very um, seldom. Uh, the, any hint that he has a conscience about what he's doing. Um, it comes out when he throws away his child's toy gun. Yeah. 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 And in this scene, when he sees the ghost of Ian Holm and the little um, girl with who's missing an arm and asking, will my arm go back? Yeah. Which may or may not have been real, to be fair. But given the other stuff that happens to him, it's, it's just as likely to be a hallucination. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or it could have been a trigger for what kicked off a lot of the other stuff. But. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, I think he, he you get to see that, you know, finally some fun cage bits. <laughs> because, you know, we have to uh, rank his performance here with the other movies, and I was, I was concerned when I was watching it, like, ooh, does this not rank as high as the other ones? But Aaron, you want to remind us where where we are at the different uh, at the cage meter, where our other movies are. Well, the important competition at the moment is with the number one spot, mm-hmm. uh, which is the Vampire's Kiss, is our current uh, champion, which just beat out the color out of space. Yes, uh, last week. Uh, and then we have Leaving Las Vegas and Con Air. So, um, Kim, as the new person... Mm-hmm. I don't know if I get a vote. You, you, you have definitely to get a vote. Get a vote. Because Zuan's not here. Yeah. So, uh, it, it doesn't work if there's only two people. Yeah. If, if we uh, disagree, then there can't be conflict. Tied. Yeah, exactly. We, we don't have rules um, for ties. No. <laughs> well, we, we do currently have rules for ties. Do I, we? I get to pick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm the tiebreaker. You have the tiebreaking vote. <laughs> but um, but when there's three people, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, Kim, how do you feel about this film? You've seen the others. Mm-hmm. You watched them with me because I, I made have. you. And, and when we saw Vampire's Kiss, I was watching it just as you were and thinking, oh, this is going to be hard to beat. Mm. But I am here today to argue for... Lord of War winning this competition uh, because I feel Vampire's Kiss as over the top as it is, it is much more of a one-note performance. Uh, it's strong, but mm. uh, Lord of War has, as I said, all the as- all these aspects that I've been trying to lay out. Um, so I vote Lord of War should be the winner. Should be beats Vampire's Kiss. Mm-hmm. Rakan. Oh. How do you feel about this? Damn, okay. I think I was going to vote Vampire's Kiss earlier, but what Kim said now makes me think. Oh, is she oh, bringing you over? Yeah. And then if we both vote Lord of War, then your vote is meaningless. Exactly. Yeah, which is hilarious. The power is yours. <laughs> hmm. Well, maybe maybe Aaron should um, 
should vote first. Yeah, you, Aaron, no, you vote first. I don't, I don't, I don't vote. <laughs> oh, you I don't. just decide if there's a, oh. um, if there's a tie. Mm. I mean, we haven't officially said anything along these lines, but I've decided now to okay. to remove the responsibility from myself. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get to hear your opinion anyway. Ooh, okay. But I want to hear Rakan's first. We, we get such a wonderful, over-the-top, crazy performance in Vampire's Kiss. And yeah, um, this is this is a more you know well-rounded cage, and then you, you get every element off it, not just the crazy bits. Fuck, um, I think I, I just changed my mind. Yeah, I'm convinced that's probably Lord of War. Woo-hoo! Wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know when I but before when I, just after I watched this film, uh-huh. uh, I would have thought you were mad, but I think Kim has. At least laid out her argument yeah. well enough that I'm not upset <laughs> about this. I don't necessarily agree. Uh-huh. Uh, w- one thing I do agree with, though, is that I feel like Vampire's Kiss is proto-Cage. Mm-hmm. It's it's not refined. It's very raw. He doesn't know... He's, he's admitted as much that he was experimenting. But that's what he loves to do. He's, he said he loves getting on, you know, um, non-traditional uh, movies and, and experiment. Yeah, but... Mm-hmm. It was it was early and he was figuring out how he yeah. should do stuff. So I understand that you could appreciate a more controlled version of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't necessarily see this as being cagey in the weird, hard-to-define sense that we're trying to sort of capture with this podcast that we don't <laughs> really get yet. Yeah. It's, it's um, our early experimenting days <laughs> of the Cage podcast. But I'm not, I'm not annoyed uh, mm-hmm. that this one would take the crown. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. I feel like I've swayed your... Basically, prior to this, you were mainly leaning on the crazy... Yeah, and and I may have fucked up the scale. No, I I've, I've always been pushing that we shouldn't just focus on the crazy. I think the crazy is a big part of it. Yeah, but um, there's other elements to his performance, which are hard to nail down. Though that's the problem when you when you think of Cage and you want to say this is a cagey performance, and someone says why, 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 <laughs> um, you you can point to the crazy and go oh because he's acting like crazy man Mm. but if he's not acting like a crazy man but it still feels cagey it's harder to say why and i think it is that experimentation that uh not being so uh straight in his deliveries that 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 is a big part of it um it is really funny one of the things that's funny is that jared leto in this film i find is he plays his character really straight Mm. Mm -hmm. but now he's like the dark side of nick cage (laughs) in my opinion he's like weird but in an annoying just being weird for weird sake way in his roles nowadays better or worse than crispin glover uh, I will not have anything bad said against Chris. Okay. Yeah. He is a national treasure. Yes. Which nation? All of them. <laughs> He's an international treasure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And he got screwed by the producers of Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. So... I'm not, not arguing that. 
Love that guy. Mm-hmm. Friend of mine met him. Says he's just as weird in person as you would expect. So, hmm. whereas Nick Cage, I imagine, is pretty normal. Oh yeah. Uh, he's probably a little bit like because he's an actor and he's got loads of money, except when he spends it all on cars. But um, like Jared Leto is probably just just insufferable to hang out with, and Chris McGlover is probably just crazy weird. Um, but Nicholas Cage, you could probably get through an evening and think, okay, yeah, I can. I can talk to this guy. But anyway. That, that's a lot of speculation. <laughs> that's a lot of speculation. <laughs> Based on nothing. Based on um, the, yeah, tabloids and <laughs> reports. <I guess. laughs> just just my feeling. Oh, okay. Just my gut feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. So we just we have crowned our new king of the hill. Cage of the hill. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Got to keep these bad puns up. Um crowned our new cage of the hill which is now lord of war uh, i prefer it my way <laughs> um does anybody have anything else to say before we bow out no i'm fucking happy kim's happy she <laughs> over overthrew the establishment yes Rakan? i apologize to all our fans of i yeah. Vampire's Kiss, but yes, I was swayed at the last minute and I had to vote Lord of War. Yuan's <laughs> <laughs> probably going to be pissed. Yes. <laughs> that he, he missed this one. Because I, I, I would have had his back. He's so. like, how dare you <laughs> pick this movie? Yeah, you're really impressionable, Rakan. Has anyone told you that? <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, guess, I, I, guess, I guess I am. Like, uh, I'm easily swayed by <laughs> facts and logic. <laughs> well, stop it mm. i just just stay stay in my you know in my opinion and hold it that that is a, a good characteristic of a person yeah as so i'm told by fox news yeah quickly formulate your opinions and then never change and never them. change that them is, that's the important bit that is the way to go mm-hmm. uh okay well that's it for another week uh we actually don't know what we're going to be watching next week because we're not organized mm-hmm um, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that um, Nicolas Cage may feature prominently in the film. Mm-hmm. Oh, you th- oh. Um, yeah. that's cool. Didn't know that. So uh, tune in in a couple of weeks where, where, for that. Where, where It'll can be a surprise. people like, tweet at us or uh, message us and stuff? Well, How do you we... can get hold of us uh, on Twitter at CageOffCast. Oh, is that, is that CageOffCast one word on Twitter? That's a one word, yes. Oh, okay. All one word. They can, they can just add us and like, you know. Exactly, oh, you can just add that's us. That's how Twitter works. Uh, oh, weirdly, Twitter doesn't allow you to have spaces in your oh, okay. uh, so, username. So it's just so, at cageoffcast. It's just at cageoffcast. I see, okay. Yeah, no underscores or anything. Oh, okay. That's lame. Underscores uh, lame. Yeah, underscores are lame. Yeah. Uh, and no slash. Don't put the slash in. No, don't, don't, uh, don't do because that. Because Twitter got angry at me when I tried to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if you don't like Twitter, you can also email us on contact at cageoff.se. Again, no slash. That's not how email works. <laughs> so if you're, um, if you're over 40 and you don't use Twitter, you, you can email us at that. You can email us. Right. That's cool. Uh, so we're, you can, we're, we're, we're appealing for both demographics. Also, uh, send me a, self, uh, a stamped self-addressed envelope, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to give you the address. 
because I don't want to dox myself. <laughs> I was wondering so where that goes. if you know my address, you can mail me, <laughs> and I'll uh, I'll respond. I promise I will. Mm. Uh, if, if you find out my address and send me a mail, uh, send me an email. Uh, no, not a mail, <laughs> a snail mail. I will respond. <laughs> and uh, if you have any recommendations for other films we should watch, let us know. And if you um, are angry at uh, Vampire's Kiss being toppled so early, I mean, Color Out of Space managed to hang around for a few episodes, but Vampire's Kiss, which is famous for its performance, didn't even get through one episode. So if, you, if you're pissed off about that, also let us know. Uh, we are on iTunes now and Spotify, so you can find us there. Um, hilariously... Another group has started another uh, podcast at exactly the same time as us called Cage Off that is available on Spotify. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't hold any grudges. Subscribe to them. Give them a listen. They seem nice. Yeah, and then uh, tell us how bad their podcast is. Subscribe to us as well. Seriously, not just the same concept, but the same name as well. Yes, it is called Cage Off. But they do do two Um, movies. Yes, uh, they do... Something versus something every episode. They're a little bit more professional than No. Um, well, we're <laughs> not going to say hacks. bad things about them because they're great. <laughs> they're wonderful hacks. Um. They're, you know, very lovable. <laughs> Just like us, um, we're also a bunch of hacks too. Yeah. So. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's it. Bye. Bye, Bye. everyone. <laughs>